Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. On SEN this Tuesday night, Jordan Canellis with you. Good to be in your company right across Australia. You can send us a text 0433981116 over the course of the show tonight. one 736 736 to give us a call. Uh, earlier today, we had week six of the NFL season wrap up with Monday Night Football, and it was the Denver Broncos and the LA Chargers to finish the week off. And the Chargers won in overtime with a winning field goal, 19-16 to in this AFC West clash. Laurie Horish is with us to recap the... Um, well, he, was, he was with us yesterday to recap the, uh, the week, so we'll just touch on Monday Night Football uh, this evening. Laurie, welcome back. Good to have a chat. Always great to join you. It was, a, uh, it was an interesting one um, between a couple of AFC West rivals here and some narratives that I think um, perhaps a team like the Denver Broncos were hoping to escape. It's going to hang around just a little bit longer as the season goes along. Yeah, so both these teams are in really interesting positions at the moment because uh, there was a lot. Let's start on the winners, the LA Chargers. There was a lot spoken about them in the preseason. Uh, there was a you know, pretty sizable amount of people, percentage of people had them as maybe being the winners of the AFC and going into the Super Bowl or being around that kind of mark anyway. But their start to the season has, even though their win-loss is 4-2, and two, it's been a little sluggish the way it's actually panned out and, and progressed. Uh, what was your assessment of the LA Chargers uh, in their, uh, from their side of the coin today? Yeah, I think sluggish is a good word you use there. Um, and, and a big part of that, let's start with the offensive line. They've suffered injuries there. Anytime you've got kind of third-string players needing to be thrust into your starting lineup, that's going to generally make you less efficient, less effective, and less explosive. And, and that's the case for the Chargers. You know, Justin, Thiel, Justin Herbert throwing you know nearly 60 attempts today and not even tickling 250 yards uh, for his total just points like how much this team is not in rhythm at the moment. They're getting a victory. They're at four and two. They're well in the hunt in the AFC. So in some ways, it's good survival mode from them. Uh, they have had some big outs. You know, Keenan Allen's been dealing with um, an injury, injuries that just won't uh, leave him alone inactive for this one. And uh, Joey Bosa, big name that's, that's been dealing with it as well. Khalil Mack has been productive um, and finds himself in the, uh, notching up another sack today as he's got himself nice and high up in the, in the sacks on everything. But, high up on the uh, on the sack list so far for the 2022 season. Um, but yes, this is it and it hasn't fully hit its straps. Hopefully some health will um, will aid that, uh, particularly on offense, whether that's on the offensive line or at the receiving room. And I, I just wonder uh, for this team, uh, with someone like Justin Herbert under centre um, and the prodigious talent he has, and, and seemingly the separation that Patrick Holmes and Josh Allen have put between themselves and someone like Josh, uh, someone like Justin Herbert at this point of the season, I wonder if the Chargers are going to be a team who are active um, at the trade deadline with or, you know, perhaps a want-away receiver or two. Um, plenty of talk around the Carolina Panthers and whether you could um, whether you can extract uh, some of their talent. Someone like a DJ Moore. We had 
Sticking with Moore's, Elijah Moore was a little vocal on, on Twitter, the young Jets promising receiver who had a really interesting season last year and has been underutilised so far. Things are going well in Jets country right now, but do we see a name like that uh, linked to a team like the Chargers that just needs to inject a little bit of juice and a little bit of consistency on offence? Is that mainly what they need? Is it, is it in the passing game? Because Justin Herbert's a great passer. It feels like they're getting more... I guess it looks. It feels like they're getting more production out of uh, the backfield through Austin Eckler and, and his multi-dimension uh, dimensional play. But is it a matter of just trying to to supplement that um, that receiving room with Keenan Allen out for the time being? Look, I, I think you tie both of those things: the rushing game and the receiving game, and the lack of efficiency. Like the you know Austin Eckler was you know takes in 10 receptions today, um, and that total got um, definitely got uh, boosted late in this one. But for only 47 yards to go with, you know, two and a half yards on the ground, that is not highly efficient um, from Austin Eckler. I think we point to the offensive line not opening consistent creases in the running game. It's hard yardage there. And that also does play into the platform that you're setting for Justin Herbert. I think getting some more explosion um, into that receiving room, uh, even with Keenan Allen back, as class a receiver as he is, and Mike Williams, who's leveled up his game in the last season or so, um, these guys are not, one of the jokes you say, but the lines that runs around about the receiving room um, with the charges is that no one can run out of sight there. As good a receiver as they are, speed is not an asset for that team. So, yeah, I think that helps open up some of this offense. It's one of the offenses that you think about them, you think about the Bengals, you think about the Packers that feel really stressed and feel really constrained at the moment and they're not flowing with any kind of rhythm. And that would be one thing. Yes, you'd look to the receiving room. I think you've got the talents enough in the backfield but yeah, and you, you hope, you hope for a team that is seemingly cursed year in, year out when it comes to injuries that they can get some health on the offensive line as well. Because like most teams, um, your weapons, um, your firepower tends to stay um, uh, underutilized when you don't have uh, the time to uh, let them get to work. And then from the Denver Broncos, they uh, another loss for them. It's their fourth of the season. It, it's felt like a long six weeks to start the season for the Denver Broncos. They had the most hype, or one of the teams with the most hype heading into the season with Russell Wilson, their new quarterback. It feels like, you know, maybe for the first time since Peyton Manning, they've had a quarterback that uh, fans can be excited about and think that, yes, this is our quarterback for for, for this generation. But it's it's been a bit of, well, I said sluggish for the Chargers. More than that, really, for the Broncos. They just haven't gotten started, haven't really been able to sort of punch anyone in the mouth, so to speak, just yet for the Broncos, the scoring is down. What what has been the reason for that for the Denver Broncos? New, you know, experienced quarterback, but new head coach. Where's the where's the disconnect been at Denver? Oof. Um, I think when it comes to the Denver Broncos, you mentioned it's been a long six weeks. Every game you watch of them, and there's been a lot in prime time. Um, every game feels like a long watch. There were some flashes early where Russell Wilson, you know, at least was a little mobile in the pocket, got on the move and hit some big connections. Um, we got Greg Dulcich in for his first touchdown and his first game. We saw Jerry Judy with a nice game down the right side. Then you go, okay, hold on, hold on. Are we seeing a little bit more of a mobile Russell Wilson? Are we going to get something going? But kind of the statue that he is at times, taking some bad sacks, not seeing some easy completions over the middle, uh, followed by just in some moments where you do see the, the, just how much the athleticism has fallen off as he's got to this point in his 30s. He tried at one point one of these vintage Russell Wilson moves that were so familiar back in the best times of, uh, of his tenure in Seattle. The kind of blind rollout where you see he kind of turns his back to the defense, spins out to his left. Um, it's kind of a blind pirouette. And 
he couldn't have shaken the defender any less. He was immediately dropped for a heavy sack there, and I think that's just that's where his game is at. And I think you just feel the kind of panic and tension and the lack of trust between himself and the sideline. They both know that this isn't firing on all cylinders right now. Um, whether it's some decisions to to, to punt in advantageous field positioning. Um, we know game management has been a, a bit of a bugaboo for Nathaniel Hackett in his first season as a head coach. Definitely seems like someone who, despite being an offensive mind, might have benefited from not being the offensive play caller, not having as heavy a hand in the offense and being able to step back as a first-time head coach and take care of the head coaching side of things. Um, but look, everything looks really tough for the Broncos now. A, a few brief rays of sunshine early in this game but then more of the same. And, and ultimately, this look, this was a, a contest between two AFC West rivals, not, not anywhere hitting their strides, not anywhere close to that. Um, and I suppose uh, for the neutral fan, be happy that the Chargers took away the victory and got to four and two because of the two, they're the team that looks more likely to be able to make some noise and challenge the very two clear AFC heavyweights sitting atop the pack on that, uh, on that side of the NFL. The uh, Ben Graham on on this station uh, on Monday morning during the the first early window slate of games said that um, so after Matt Rule's uh, sacking during the week from the Carolina position he said that Nathaniel Hackett's the sort of almost the next one it, could it be a case that if this trend continues for the Denver Broncos that Nathaniel Hackett could be a one and done season as a head coach at the Broncos. It could be. It could be, given that he doesn't hold, you know, a long, extensive reputation. Um, you can't imagine that he's got the biggest voice in the organization right now in Denver. It could be. Um, it's also a franchise that has kind of prided itself on consistent winning um, and stability. That has not been the case in recent years, even up to, you know, there's, there has been, um, you know, shifts and change with ownership and things like this. Um, yeah, the, the Broncos could be a candidate at, candidate for that just with how much has been invested in this new regime and with that I mean with Russell Wilson's contract but you have to then ask yourself okay if that does come to fruition who wants to take this job what type of coach are we going to attract do we still think that Nathaniel Hackett has the mind and the presence the mentality that made us you know tap him on the shoulder as our next man um, and and give him the nod that he was going to take over this role or is it truly lost because then you're going to be looking at a, a Russell Wilson contract that is not easy to get out of for a number of years and comes at a high price and will impact your cap situation and what you can do, um, meeting up with production that just is not there. That the, the greater evidence says he is closer um, to his game being, you don't want to use the word washed, and you know the, the word cook has surrounded Russell Wilson for a number of years now that his game is far closer uh, to the end than it was to his prime. That's what evidence suggests over the first six weeks of the season so what exactly are you going to be able to bring in if that's the table being set for a new head coach after a one and done season if that's what comes from Nathaniel Hackett just to put a bow on week six as it came to an end today with this match but overall who maybe not not necessarily the best win or the most impressive win but who had the most important win for their season in week number six wow important's a great word there that really does make you think I mean you, you do you throw out the Indianapolis Colts who get themselves to a winning record against a Jaguars team that a couple of weeks ago looked really primed to take the mantle in the AFC South and step up and Matt Ryan delivering a performance that few saw coming, you know, almost 60 attempts, Matt Ryan, he goes for nearly 400 yards, three touchdowns, no picks and that relationship with Alec Pierce, as well as Michael Pittman, um, really burgeoning nicely there. If I'm going the most important victory though, looking across the board, I'm going to take a look, look, the Bills and Chiefs was the highlight game. 
in terms of the playoff picture and, and seeding and all that kind of thing, uh, who gets home field advantage out of the AFC side of things, that's clearly your marquee game. That obviously means a ton. That's an easy answer there. And, and in my opinion, Josh Allen wrestles control of the MVP debate away from Patrick Mahomes in that situation. But uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, um, having started 0-2, wrestling it back, hanging around 500, getting themselves back to 3-3 three and three, and getting some positive mojo going, um, not talking intangibles, but also with that production and connection going with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow in New Orleans, in a familiar building to those guys, the two LSU Tigers, that connection's been flourishing in the state of Louisiana. That feels like, hopefully, it wasn't clean, it wasn't perfect, there was some luck there, they're up against the Saints team that continues to find injury uh, injury, you know, uh, hardship just around the next turn. Um, but it's a big win. It does point to some level. You know, Joe Burrow getting over 300, getting to 300 yards, getting three touchdowns. We're starting to see hints of that Bengals, you know, what was supposed to be one of the best offenses in the league. Are they starting to find a little more confidence, a little more chemistry, and ideally um, a little, little more fluidity considering the ridiculous skill talent they do have. Uh, just quickly, looking ahead to the to the week in front of us now, with uh, just the what the two day layoff between Monday night football and uh, Thursday night football coming up on Friday afternoon our time. That game is New Orleans versus Arizona. Our last couple of Thursday night games have been pretty underwhelming. So, are we going to get a uh, a more positive, high scoring game between the Saints and the Cardinals for Thursday well, night? Well, we do get the return of Nuke Hopkins. Uh, the Cardinals look like that Hollywood Brown is going to be out for some time. Looks like his foot injury won't be season-ending. It was kind of the updates filtering through today. But we do get Nuke Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, returning from injury to a team in the Cardinals that desperately need that. They need something familiar. They need something productive, explosive, and consistent on offense. It has been... Watching Kyler Murray, who can be as entertaining as anyone in the league, operate completely inefficient and frustrating and stalled out offense in the first six weeks has been one of the most punishing experiences for football watchers out there um, through six weeks. Cardinals fans, I understand if you're frustrated. I think this is a great time to tune in and see the page turn. Look, all hope is not lost yet for the Cardinals. No, they're not sitting there with a ridiculously high-end record in the NFC side of things. Um, But, but... Uh, they are not too far out of this. There is still so much to play out, especially in that NFC where you question how good is anyone really, Eagles being undefeated, uh, taking that into account. Um, this is a great time that they could hit against a, a Saints team that has suffered injuries at the most important position, at quarterback, as well as throughout the rest of their roster. Can they get um, something far more familiar and far more exciting for their fans and the NFL viewers in general going with the return of number 10 in Nuke Hopkins because that is a team. We talk about coaches that are under strife. I think there is very, very, very justified spotlight and attention being paid to Cliff Kingsbury, who is supposed to be a spread out um, a new age offensive mind, just how poor that unit has run um, in Arizona, considering it's a hand-picked number one overall pick at quarterback. Uh, we need to start to see the wheels turning. This is a very, very, very opportune moment for that to get going with such a huge name entering back in the fold. And finally, Laurie, before I let you go, is uh, Super Bowl 54 replay later on this week on Monday morning, Kansas City against San Francisco. Is that going to be the, uh, the, the the highly billed game of the week? I mean, I think when you look across the board at the next week's slate, um, obviously look, primetime games are going to get a big, a big run. Um, I think there'll be plenty of eyes. I don't think Cowboys and Lions is a, you know, where the Lions sit. Um, I don't think that is a, you know, headline heavyweight versus heavyweight, but there'll be plenty of eyes with Dak Prescott coming back. Anytime you've got two teams with a winning record, particularly this season, where so many teams are struggling to get something going, 
yeah, the 49ers and Chiefs um, are going to get um, plenty of attention. It probably will be the most hyped up game. Um, but I think what's interesting this week is just a number of returns that are coming across the league and how we see that plays out with contending teams. I mentioned Dak Prescott expected to be back for the Cowboys against the Lions. Tua Tungavailoa expected to be back uh, in prime time against the Steelers. The Steelers just off a huge win over the Buccaneers. Um, it, it is, it's an interesting time to see um, just how these teams are levelling out. And again, I mentioned earlier, you know, could a team like the Chargers be active against the trade deadline? Some of these, and that comes up in a couple of weeks, that results over the next week or so could prove very pivotal for how teams perceive themselves in a very, very chunky middle class um, and whether they say, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that will be looking around saying, mm, what, there's three teams we can bona fide say are better than us? What could we do to stick our head out from the pack and really give ourselves a chance at making a run? It's a, it's a fascinating season. I really am. Um, if, you, if you're out there, if you haven't been watching, you have been. Um, it, it, it really is one of those interesting NFL seasons. Parity is abound, and that makes for week-to-week just ridiculous results. But, um, yeah, a good one to look forward to as, uh, as Narrative Street takes its next turn and we get some of these returning stars making their way back into the fold. Laurie, always good to chat. Appreciate your time this evening on, on SCN, and thank you for joining us, mate. Always great joining you. Thanks a lot. Laurie Horish from ESPN uh, Australia, New Zealand. It's good to have a chat to round up week number six of the season and look ahead to week seven coming up in a few days from now on Friday afternoon or Friday mid-morning our time, the Saints and the Cardinals. SEN this Tuesday night. Jordan Canellis with you. 0433981116. Back with more after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.